Can you do that wind bit again? All right. Hey, Mike P. Coming at you on a windy Tuesday. It's windy out there, folks. Get your umbrellas, but just for wind. <laughs> isn't that isn't wind an, a euphemism for farting? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it would be. Passing gas, making wind. <laughs> I don't think anyone says making wind. I hope not. Yeah. Maybe they do. Yeah. Well, I gotta make wind. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe that is a thing. Make nah. wind. Let's Google it. Make global wind power research and consultancy. That's not it. You know what? When you type in make wind into Google, it doesn't really. It's not doesn't helpful. immediately give you the answer. You're no. Looking for. I'm Liza Poor. I'm Mike Pelosi. Every week, we randomly pick two movies from our stupidly large DVD collection, watch them, and discuss. When it's all over, we can only keep one. Two disc center. One disc leaves. This is DVD Deathmatch. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? Oh, man. I'm great. How are you? Great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We're back. We're back again. Yeah, and we're ready to talk about some movies. Yeah, that's what we do here. Why is this so hard to this morning? You know what? It's weird because we're recording during the day. Yeah, that is weird. Uh, typically, we record post-kiddo bedtime. Right. It's usually dark. At the height of our exhaustion. And... Yeah. <laughs> so you would think this would be better. And yet, here we are. And yet. <laughs> um, no, everything's good. Everything's good. Everything's good. You're good? Yeah. What's going on with you, man? Uh, Nothing. Nothing. Great. Everything's fine. Great. <laughs> do we have any topics at the top? We do. We do! First of all, I just want to say, we've been getting some really nice feedback. We really have. Just people <laughs> listening. People were excited that the podcast came back. You know, I, I'm not, like, just just very nice to hear from people. It's been really sweet. That's all. Yeah. That's all. Like, so, if people who I didn't know were listening, it's great. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. It's yeah, really exactly. Nice. <laughs> um, including one of the fee- pieces of feedback we got was from Anna. Anna! Who had a suggestion for a topic at the top, which I think is a great suggestion. Yes, she said, hold on, let me pull up her text because I don't want to misquote her. This is where I should be vamping, I guess, right? Eh, maybe. I got nothing. Well. Um, hey, uh,. What's in the news? Okay. (laughs) Great. Well done. Good vamp. We're back. Okay. So she said, I have a burning DVD DM question for you. Maybe a topic at the top uh, that I think all DVD deathmatch heads are also dying to know. How many saved DVDs have you guys rewatched since starting the show? Especially curious about the ones that got saved by a rule. This is a great question. It's a great question. And the answer, as she suspected, is none of them. Zero. <laughs> um, um, I, although I'm trying to think, I, I I feel like there must be something that I have rewatched. Like in the, well, like holiday, the holiday films, like we've definitely rewatched uh, like Family Stone. I watch every Christmas. And you watch the holiday, but you don't watch it on disc. The holiday. No, I didn't watch it on disc. In fact, I was like, oh, I want to watch the holiday while I wrap these presents. 
but I don't feel like going to find the disc. And you were like, we have it digitally here. <laughs> right, because I think you did it last year. <laughs> yeah. And you just bought it on iTunes or whatever. Or Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but... Um, but I feel like there must be <laughs> so, something else that that like we saved that I rewatched. Uh, What's our save list? Let's read the whole thing. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking. I don't. I'm looking at the full list of everything. I don't. I, I don't think we've rewatched. I mean, this question really gets at the heart <laughs> of this entire enterprise. <laughs> like. Are we just saving these discs just to just to in a in a foolhardy kind of uh, effort to I don't know retain some control over a chaotic world? Wow! Is that wow? Because we haven't watched any of them. So what you're saying is we should just get rid of all of them? Yeah, probably should wipe the slate clean. Wow, well, this has been DVD Deathmatch. <laughs> we're so glad you guys liked it. Uh, we're done. <laughs> One listener asks a question. No, and... no, and I think it's more obviously about, like, saving them for... We are... Uh, it is partially trying to get rid of physical media. Like, we have so much of it, and a lot of them we don't need. We're discovering that. Yeah. But also, I think it's about curating a collection. I think we are film people, and I think that that is important to us. And much like people... Uh, collect records like we don't have every album we could ever want on record but we have a fair number of albums and it's just stuff that we think would be cool to have on a record so I feel like this is much the same thing we're curating our collection sure that's true what do you and also also I guess it has been a while since we've been doing this when did we start it's been more than a year we yeah we started it in June of 2020 and it is January of 2022. Oh, my God. (laughs) I was just going to say also, (laughs) um, uh, again, as media consumers, uh, there's so much for us to watch. And and to fit it all in is is difficult uh, as it is. And, you know, spend time with our children and uh, not just be staring at a television any anytime we're not doing something else. Right. But uh, I know there's ones that I want to rewatch. But there are also ones that haven't come up yet that I'm excited to to get into that's true i mean it's a year and a half is a little bit of a short time for a rewatch although you know what i mean for like yeah. a, oh we just watched this let's watch it again yeah although there's some that i watched on disc before yeah like right before them. prisoners mm-hmm. for example yeah um but no i mean i think that that's the thing is that like the whole we're all everyone's moving away from discs anyway it's just like it's over <laughs> i don't know it's just so funny but we will for sure let you know if we rewatch one of them. We should like make sure we have that list like posted somewhere. Yeah, yeah, be yeah. Like, yeah. oh, did you rewatch this thing? Yeah. If we ever rewatch any of these movies that we save, we'll <laughs> let you know. But um, yeah, we're watching like, I mean, the thing that I watched this week that was not on disc. Mm. Uh, cheer season two. Hey, did we talk about cheer on the podcast? I don't know. Again, we've been doing this for a year and a half, so I don't know. But so, uh, quick recap: um, I obviously watched cheer because I was a cheerleader and then a coach for a really long time. I love cheerleading as a sport. I'm fascinated by it. I love doing it. I miss it every day. So when I saw that there was a cheer television show, I was like, "Let me watch this." It is so good, you guys. It is on Netflix. I binged it. And then I caught him watching it and I was like, we're watching Cheer? Shit, let's watch Cheer. And I watched it again. I've watched the first season of Cheer 
I think four times, yeah. like all the way through. It's only like nine episodes. So yeah. it's not like that much, but it is like I've watched it four times. Right. Um, and it's about a junior college um, cheerleading team from a very small town in Texas that has won uh, season one. They have won 13 championships in a row and they're going for number 14. Um, and and it the thing that's that I love about it is that it it's I mean it's really um, it gets really personal with this this particular team and the members and gets really gets into it, but it's also such a amazing portrayal of what cheerleading is and and the, and honestly the biggest thing for me was like the injuries like yeah. how hard it is um, and that was like very cool to to see, um, but you enjoyed it as well yeah and I you are not it. a cheerleader no I don't. Uh, I love you. I don't care about cheerleading. That's okay. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, and I loved the first season. And then I thought the second season was great too, because it, yeah. they opened up the, the, it's a documentary. It's about this, like you said, this small Texas junior college that has this amazing team, but they opened it up to like their rival. So you get to meet this whole other team. Yeah. And they also addressed head on the big, so the, the, you, probably had heard about cheer because the first season was a huge hit and it had all these breakout stars. And one of them was a guy who then in between seasons was, uh, arrested and indicted for, uh, soliciting sex from minors. Yeah. And so, uh, then they, uh, address that head on in the second season in a way that was really like brutal and really kind of well done. I thought, yeah, because often, yeah, often with stuff like that, you, you don't, uh, you don't get any acknowledgement of it. Right. Um, I, I was saying if it was like a teen mom show or a right. TV show, it would have been like, oh, that person's not here anymore and we don't talk about it. Right, right, right. Like remember, remember the episode, I just rewatched this teen mom episode where um, Janelle was fully nodding out on probably heroin. Yeah. Just like, and it was just filming and they never, they're like, oh, she's addicted to weed. Yeah, like, exactly. He's like, I was she's like, not addicted I'm to not weed. a big drug person, but that is not weed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So they addressed it head on and it was just a great season. Uh, it's a really well done and addictive show. And yeah. I like it a lot, even though I don't care about cheerleading. So, yeah. And it's like, it's so, especially that first season. I mean, both of them are really like real, like, like you get into whether or not they're going to win this competition Yeah, and not just because. For me, I'm like a competitive person and I love that shit, but they just do such a good job. Yeah. With incredible it. show. So yeah. that's what I was watching. Not on disc, not one of our movies. No. <laughs> the other thing that we're watching, though, that ties into one of our movies today is we are watching Yellow Jackets. Yeah. We may have talked about, but the, the finale aired. Yeah, it did. And it was. Why did it, it tie in? Babysitting? Melanie Linsky. Melanie Linsky, that's right. The informant, which we watched last night. That's right. Um, I was like, uh, soccer in... uh, Anyway. um, Um, Yeah, so the finale aired, and it was exactly what uh, we thought it was going to be, completely unsatisfying, because they got a season two, which I'm glad, but it's it's given given real Lost vibes, y'all. It's a show I, I... I like it. Yes. I thought the pilot was really good. Yeah. I think the performances are great. Yes. And the premise is amazing. It's a great premise, which is the premise is that it's uh, in 1996, this um, soccer girl soccer team is on their way to a championship competition thing. Yeah. And they crash in the wilderness and then they have to survive. And then 25 years later, there's a parallel timeline going on with 
the people who made it out of the woods and right. the trauma that they're still dealing with. And there's like mysteries and murder and all this. Stuff. Yeah. They were lost for a year and a half yeah, exactly. and then they were found. Not and based then... on a true story. Right? No. Yeah. Exactly. But anyway, so I think the, the pilot was amazing. Yeah. The performances are great. Uh, and that's, uh, that's well, it's the... just doing <laughs> the thing that, that, that every TV show is doing where it's like, well, instead of, instead of, not every TV show is doing, but I think a lot of TV shows like this do where it's like, instead of focusing on, uh, the story that you're telling and the creative arc of the story that you're telling, they're like, Oh, we have to, how long can we drag this out? Right. How long can we keep this mystery going? Which is part of it, keeping the mystery going. Yeah. But it definitely feels like the focus is on how many seasons can we get out of this as opposed to creatively telling the story, which is something I really like about, I think a lot of like British series yeah it's 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 a limited series here's the story and that's it yeah. even when it does really well it's like well yeah but we told the story so there it is yeah um and obviously a lot of american tv shows it's more about like like big little lies is a great example <laughs> it's like they did it they took they did it's based on a book they yeah. did it and then they were like season two and it was like okay yeah i was like what season what do a big little lies was really good though. it was really good <laughs> but sometimes it's not i know i i think with yellow jackets it's like uh, the strength of those performers, Melanie Linsky, yes. who we'll talk about, yes, um, foremost among them, but also also all the ki- the kids, kids are, are amazing, so good. But the the performances are great, the premise is great, the pilot was amazing, and then your mileage may vary on the rest of it. I think people, at least on my social media channels, fucking love they it. They love it, they yeah. Can't get well, enough. people loved Lost. You know right, what I mean? Exactly. It's that people we might be we might be in a in a smaller group of people who are frustrated by this uh this uh theme of of dragging out the mystery as opposed to telling the story right well and, and i don't want that to sound like because i know a lot of people who who were i talked to people who were mad oh they didn't answer any questions in the finale it's like i don't care about that at all mm. i don't care about like but i do care about characters acting like human beings and real <laughs> like in or if they're acting in a like uh out their way that it's that it has something to do with their character and that there's an arc going on and that there's like relatable whatever and yeah. this a lot of what happens in yellow jackets feels like tv writing to me yeah um in terms well, of writing just, for the purpose of how many seasons can we get what, yeah. what you were saying yeah exactly yeah yeah anyway yellow jackets but yellow jackets <laughs> I, don't mean, I don't mean to be negative about yellow jackets no Everyone we actively like it. it well and we, we i I love it. I, like I love it. it too. I'm yeah. excited for season two. I'm annoyed that I have to wait for season two. There you go. They did their job. Yeah. Well, great. This has been a great episode. Wow. Wow. We, did it. we really did it. Um, oh, we got to talk about something else. Yes, we do. We, we, uh, one more thing we have to talk about is the fact that, uh, this week we watched two movies. Oh my God. Two movies this week. We watched adventures in babysitting from 1987 and the informant. With an exclamation point at the end from 2009. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. (laughs) (laughs) Let's start with Adventures in Babysitting, directed by Chris Columbus. (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, uh, The IMDb summary is, a babysitter must battle her way through the big city after being stranded there with the kids she's looking after. That's a pretty good summary, I'd say. Concise. Yeah. it gets you there. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah. So this is 
one of those uh, feels like anyway for our generation a classic. Mm-hmm. It's you know, an obviously an older older film. Yeah. Um, and it feels it's it's that it's one of those ones where it's like, oh, have you did you see this? And it's like most people will say yes. Yeah. But it's just under enough to make it feel like. Oh, you know what? You know adventures in babysitting. Like, okay, you're cool. Like you know little, what I mean? A little culty. A little like culty, the, uh, but just like ten percent culty. Yeah, like I don't think like oh, I've seen adventures in babysitting, so like I'm cool. <laughs> but like just a very like not necessarily everyone has seen this film, right. but the but enough people have. And when someone is like, oh, I've seen that, I'm like, yes, we have we have similar tastes in right. films, you know? Right. And it was a. It seems like a thing that some people really love. Yeah. Loved as kids. And, yeah. yeah. I know I watched it over and over again. It was definitely one of it's definitely one of those where watching it this time I knew a lot of the lines and the inflections and all yeah, of that stuff. Yeah, you were like it was very familiar kind of... to me. Well, and like I said, it felt like so 1987. I don't I don't remember the first time I watched it, but in 87 I would have been 5, mm-hmm. which is definitely too young to watch this movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean like I was cons- cuz our Ella watched it with us. She's 9. Right. Ella watched it with us. It's, you know, 2000, whatever. So it's a different time. And I was like, oh, oh, there right. were a few things where I was like, oh, no. But I mean, she was fine. Yeah. But uh, well, those things, it feels like they weren't like disturbing thematic things or anything. They were just jokes that haven't aged well. Like, at yeah, the- sorry, but there was like cursing. And, yeah, that's yeah, true. That's yeah, true. yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, so I don't know when the first time I watched it was. I can't imagine I watched it like at five or six, <laughs> yeah. but maybe I maybe, did. Yeah. Um, but I definitely watched it a lot, mm-hmm. a lot, a lot. Yeah, I uh, I have seen it before, I think. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm almost positive I saw it like maybe once when I was a kid. But I don't. I didn't remember almost anything about it. Yeah. I remembered that Thor showed up. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. Um, but, I, so, but even that might have just been like, oh, I knew that from Chatter or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it stars uh, Elizabeth Shue, right? Who is a real '80s darling. Yes. Um, and uh, it's got the iconic opening number. Honestly, that's probably why I watched it so many <laughs> oh, times. Yeah. Like, if you want to pull me into your movie, put a fucking musical number right at the beginning of it. Right. And it's just her getting ready for a date and singing to I, I don't know what is and it called. He, and then he kissed and me. Then he kissed me. Yeah. Um, and dancing around her room, and I was just like, "Ah, oh, yes, relatable content," right, you know. Right. Um, and that is a really fun start to the movie. It's yeah. So fun to watch. Yeah, it's really great. It's, she's great. She's great. The scene is great. The fashion and the hair and the makeup in it are great. Like it's just really fun yeah, and a her good. Her friend Brenda comes over. Yeah. Played by Penelope. Penelope Ann Miller. There we go. And um, they look like it's one of those things where if they were outfitted like that now in a movie about the 80s Mm. you would be like oh they're overdoing it yeah you know what i mean because it was such it's such prototypical like the 80s fashion yeah the big glasses the big hair the 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 jacket yeah you know all that stuff the dress with the puffy sleeves and the waist and the oh my god they look like a like a like the wikipedia entry for 80s fashion yeah teens kind of Yeah. yeah yeah it's really it's fun and again <laughs> iconic that opening scene is iconic iconic great um so she's getting ready for this date and her boyfriend comes over played by none other than bradley whitford bradley whitford looking older 
than he does now somehow because <laughs> yeah, exactly. 80s. <laughs> exactly. Um, he comes over and he's like, oh, my sister's sick. I can't. We can't go on our date for our anniversary. I'm sorry. Girls like you come around once in a lifetime. Right. Um, and so she's bummed. And then the neighbors call and say, hey, can you babysit our kid? Right. Um, and so she goes to babysit and it's a girl who's like. Nine. Ten. Eight? Yeah. Nine, ten. I'd say nine or ten. Yeah, okay. Um, and her teen brother, who's supposed to be sleeping over at his friend's house, but then he doesn't because teen brother is in love with babysitter. Right. Um, and crazy things. And Brenda has run away from home and is stuck at the bus station, calls Chris, right. Elizabeth Shue, and says, you have to come pick me up. There's a guy with a gun. Uh, and she's yeah. terrified because she's in the city. Yeah, the city! The big city. That's the whole movie. Is, like, um, and, uh, and so... Chris agrees to go pick her up with the kids um, and craziness ensues. It's just and one it's of those just... like one crazy night. Yeah. Now Chris Columbus did Home Alone, right? Home Alone. Has yeah. real Home Alone vibes. Yeah. Where it's just like, like trap after trap after trap after trap. That is, that is something you have to say about this movie is that it flows. Like yeah. you, they end up in insane situations and you're just like, how did we get here? I don't know because it was so smooth. Yeah, exactly. Like, they sing in a jazz club. Yeah. They're at a frat party. They're, like, running from gangsters at one point. Like, right. it's just, like, it's, it's very trapeze. well done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, like um, no, I mean, it is, it's, like, a really, uh, the structure of it, it just works. You know, they're here, then they're here, then they're here. Each yeah. thing flows into the next thing. Oh, we got to run to the, here. Oh, we're running into this car. Oh, it's being stolen by a guy who takes us to the gangsters and you know yeah and then like oh we steal the thing and then oh we're on the run from the gangsters and then we're in this and it just that's exactly right it like has a real flow to it it's um the the so chris columbus home alone also did a recent dvd deathmatch entry a little movie called rent Oh yeah. Yeah, that's right. He was yeah, he was rent and uh Adventures in Babysitting features Anthony Rapp. Anthony a, Rapp. Yeah, a that's little right. baby Anthony Rapp. That's right. Um, who is the brother's friend who's like the annoying friend right. and he plays it very well. Yeah, Anthony Rapp's great. <laughs> yeah. I think we said that on the rent episode too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um but side sorry, sidebar no, that I will probably cut out of this <laughs> because it's not actually interesting and it's just pre- depressing. Uh, this, uh, according to trivia, Adventures of Babysitting was shooting as he was making his allegations against Kevin Spacey. Oh, like as the thing. That like that was to the him. age. Yeah. Yikes. <sighs> well, we don't have to talk about it, but like there's, uh, it's interesting with uh-huh. Anthony Rapp and Chris Columbus and Rent and that, those connections and, and Anthony Rapp being such an amazing, like outspoken gay actor. Yeah. Um, that this movie, and I, you know, it's the 80s, I'm not mad at it, mm-hmm. but there's a ton of like, oh, Thor's a homo. Yeah, like real a, misogynistic, awful, right. like homophobic. Right. There was that yeah. one, and then there was one later that I can't remember that was like a gay joke, essentially. But it was just interesting to see, like, and that was stuff that we were watching it with our nine year old, and the Thor's a homo sequence just like, I think, went right over her head. I don't think she's ever heard the word homo i hope not as like yeah. a slur yeah right as a slur just be- not not because kids are more progressive today although i think they are mm-hmm. in just like you know whatever that's like a thing but but um but because like that's not a 
slur anymore. Right. Like, that's not, that's a, not like, like a, at least for us and for our world and her world, that's not like an insult right, anymore. Exactly. Um, uh, yeah. Not to say that people don't, that, yeah. not to say that homophobia is over. I just right, mean that yeah, yeah, in yeah. her world, no one's calling anyone a homo. Right. That's not a thing. Yeah. Um. Anyway, it's just like a, it was a funny thing to watch with her. I think that went right over her head. There was a thing later though that we had to kind of be like, do you remember what it was? Well, I think I, the, the only thing that's coming up is when they, because then they go. So the the girl in the movie is obsessed with Thor. Yeah. And they go to pick up their their car, which has been damaged, and someone got it fixed. And the guy working at the garage, who's played by Vincent D'Onofrio, yeah. looks like Thor. So she's convinced that he's Thor because she's like, well, all the superheroes live in the city. Right. So and this is his cover. And she has a comment where it's like, don't listen to him. He called you a homo. Oh, okay. Yeah, that must be it. Because I don't know. I I don't remember a, a separate homophobic joke. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> yeah. The, the But it was just interesting to watch in that way. Like, And, I, you know, I'm not, again, as always, I'm not trying to be the, like, problematic police. Like, right, it's right, right. It's babysitting. It's fine. But it was just interesting to watch and to watch with a kid and yeah. have a kid just be like, I don't know what that is. Yeah. Well, the <laughs> other one, the other, the other thing that really uh, stood out for me as like 80s joke that would never happen now was there was just like a casual rape joke that Anthony Rapp's character oh, made yeah. where where basically uh, Chris, uh, Elizabeth Shue, the babysitter, is he Anthony Rapp's character has weaseled his way into coming to the city. She's already reluctant to take the kids to the city and yeah. he's like, oh like like, I guess I'll just go tell my, I'll tell like his parents, like what a great babysitter you are. Like, da, da, da. Oh, yeah. and she's like, okay, fine. Get in the car. And then she says, if you cause any trouble, like I'll kill you. Like, yeah. Like beat, murdered, stabbed. And he goes raped. Oh yeah. Like waggly eyebrows. And I'm just like, really? <laughs> really? And like, it's as like, if to yeah, say, like, the, please rape me. Yes. Yeah. Like, oh my God. It, and just like casually in this PG thirteen movie, right? Well, not to get off like on a tangent here, but we uh-huh. should talk about the PG thirteen ness. Yeah, definitely. Because there's this interesting thing that happened this week with this movie, mm-hmm. where so the so I think it's only rated PG thirteen because there's two fucks in it. Yeah. Um, in a very classic scene. The kids are on the subway or the, oh, yeah. the L train. I can't remember. It's Chicago, well, it's right? Chicago, so, yeah. Yeah, they're on the train. Yeah. And there's a gang war that's happening in 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 the in the train car yeah. between these two gangs. And the one gang leader goes like, don't fuck with the lords of... Dogtown. Dogtown. <laughs> don't fuck with the lords of Dogtown, yeah. Um, don't fuck with the lords of Dogtown. And then Elizabeth Shue goes, don't fuck with the babysitter or whatever. It's so stupid it, it and very stupid. so funny. It's very <laughs> cheesy. But so this movie, as we'll get to, is available to watch on Disney Plus. But it's the edited version where it's don't fool with the lords of Dogtown. Don't fool with the babysitter. Oh, fool. Fool is not a good replacement for fuck. It's don't just fudge. Not. I mean, honestly, fudge is better. Don't frick with the baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's really great that they were like, well, we'll take this meaningless curse word out, but we'll leave all of this homophobic bullshit right. and a rape joke. <laughs> well, and like racist stuff. Yeah. Least, you know, the, they get in the car and the one guy who is plays the car thief is in there already and he's stealing the car and then he like takes them to the gangster or whatever. Yeah. And that is guy that actor does such a good job oh, and is so, so great good. His, has he been in anything else yeah his name is calvin levels which is a 
fucking insanely great name. That's awesome. He plays Joe Gipp. Calvin Levels. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm like blown away. Uh, um, but he's great. And uh, but while, before he he doesn't speak for a while in the car. Yeah. And like when he was not uh, speaking, yeah. I was like dreading him opening his mouth. Yeah. Because I thought in this movie that was so clearly like suburban people scared of the city and all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, he was going to be like, hey, Hepcats, I'm going to jive you down to the, like, like just some. I'm sorry, what are you doing right now? <laughs> I thought it was going to be offensive uh, the way he spoke, like okay. white people writing black people yeah listen he's a thug with a heart of gold is what he is exactly i i guarantee you that's what the casting call said yeah i guarantee exactly (laughs) but he's great um and the character's cool and also the, the he's just like that guy he's like acting against some pretty broad actors who play the gangsters and stuff yeah and i was like man this guy's really like bringing it to he's, adventures and babysitting yeah. i really liked him a lot he's really good um anyway, yeah uh so i so i had not seen this movie i didn't remember anything about it i remember maybe watching it as a kid mm-hmm. but i hadn't seen it in many many years if i saw it at all and I uh, I enjoyed watching it. I was glad we watched it with Ella, our nine-year-old, just because it felt like it was a cool movie to watch with her. And she was, like, really into it and yeah. was getting kind of um, whatever. She thought it was really funny. Yeah, and, she was laughing yeah. and, like, having a good time. Yeah. And, uh, and I think it was also, like, weird to watch with her because it's just a sensibility that is not this – maybe I'm wrong, but I, this sensibility of, like, we're suburban kids – this, like and we're gonna go into the scary city. Yeah, this is not a thing, really. Like I don't think so, anymore. but but I but I I I can't decide if that's if it's actually not a thing anymore or if it's just like a product of growing up outside of Philly and then moving to outside of New York. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, well, it's also yeah. the city. The city in quotation marks is not like the scary thing it was in is portrayed as in, in the eighties, you know what I mean? Right. Like, um, like high uh, crime. If you look at crime levels, like way down, obviously there's like the Disneyfication of times square as like right. a, as like a, a, a kind of illustrative example of all this stuff. Yeah. And so it's just like an interesting kind of thing to watch, but watching it with her and you know, I had a good time. It was good. I was kind of like just sort of into it okay. for most of the movie. But that last sequence uh-huh. with, so the little girl, they, they wind up at the party that the parents are at. Yeah. The the kid's parents are at, on the run from the gangsters, at the same party that their parents are at. While tr- so they're trying to avoid their parents and then also avoid the gangsters and get home. And the little girl on this, on the run from these uh, criminals and she climbs out onto the skyscraper, yeah, like onto the windows, and it's like a, a slanted, slanted glass roof, right? Exactly. Yeah. So she's like sliding down and hanging on, and I was like terrified. Yeah, and it looks really good. It looks really good, and it looks you know it's like that cool like practical effect stuff. Yeah, um, and then uh, not like I wasn't like like, <laughs> but I was just like, oh, this is like really working and really fun to watch. And yeah. And Ella and was really into it too. Ella was really into it too. And then watching like, you know, it's doing the fun. It was, it felt, I mean, this isn't a John Hughes movie, but I think it gets associated with the John Hughes thing. Yeah. Of like, 
like Ferris Bueller of like, oh, we're we're suburban kids and we're going into the city and yeah. like all this stuff. I wrote I wrote down. I was like, is this just girl Ferris Bueller? I think it is. Like yeah. it's very similar vibes <laughs> yeah, yeah, of yeah, like, yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed that last part of it. And also, I will say in terms of like you know my experience of watching it, mm. I thought um, Elizabeth Shue was so good. Yeah. And so like winning. Yeah. Like just such a like. Like, I, I could see how, like, audiences fell in love. Right, a darling. Her. Right, absolutely Absolute exactly. darling, yeah. Exactly, and just, like, just really good. I yeah. Thought. I thought she was great. No, I fully, fully agree. Yeah, there's definitely um, a couple of weird things, like we said. Like, the there's some scene, there's some scene where it's, like, basically she's not going to college, but she's like talking about it as if it's like insane that she would go to college. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't and then I that. think, and then I think she's when she's talking to Brenda or something, I don't know. And then I think that like, uh, at when, cause she meets a guy at the frat party that they end up at. Oh yeah. Who like helps them and is really nice to her and whatever. Um, that guy, George Newburn, who yeah. I said, looks like he has the Irishman de-aging yeah. thing on his face. But that's, that's, just, just, that's face. just his face. Yeah. Um, and you know, they have a big kiss at the end. Um, and, and that the first scene happened where she's talking about like, it would be insane for me to go to college or whatever. And I was like, and I remembered the scene at the end and I was like, Oh God, does she decide to go to college because of a boy? Yeah. And th- I don't think that's actually true, but I don't know. It's just a weird a weird thing that felt like outdated for the eighties. Yeah. 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 Like, well, she's going to get married to her boyfriend, obviously, and not go to college. Right. She found a boy. Right. And it was like, what? That was very strange. Um, there's also, uh, there's also a line in it and I forgot to look this up. Do you know when Heather's came out? No, I can look it up real quick. Look it up because there's a line. So Brenda. 89. 89. So it was after this. Yeah. Oh, because there's a line. So Brenda, her friend, is talking about how her stepmother is so awful and she's going to run away. And that's when that's why she oh, runs away. Right, right. I forgot why she was in the city. Yeah. yeah. And that's why she runs away. And she when they're having this conversation before Brenda runs away, she's like, I'm seriously going to lose it and spike her tab with Drano or something. Yeah. And I was like, oh, is that a Heather's reference? Because Drano is the thing that yeah. they spike one of the Heather's is drinks with. Right. Um, but it's not because it's not. this happened Heather's before then. Heather stole it from Adventures in Babysitting. Or maybe um, that was just a thing that people talk about a lot is spiking people's drinks with Drano yeah, to murder really them. I wrote down, this is, uh, can I get, can I say, can I say a deep thing? Can I get Ooh. a little deep? Oh, get a little deep. Not, this isn't actually deep. I It's it's funny, but it is like, whatever. Mm-hmm. The, the scene... <laughs> So there's a scene where there's a mistake about like uh, there's a, they get to the hospital uh-huh. and oh, yeah. they say that the one the doctors kind of screw up who they're talking about and tell everyone that the kid has died. Yeah. The kid that Elizabeth Shue's watching. Um, and then they're like, oh, my God, he's dead. And then he comes out and he's like, what, you know, what's going on? Everybody's yeah. like, oh, my God, you're alive. Whatever. And it reminded me this thing that I like forget happened. Uh-huh. But whenever I think about it, I'm like, that was fucking crazy. Uh-huh. Was, oh, I know. What the, I remember this. Yeah. Jesus. Okay. Was when my mom died, we went down to see her in the hospital. <laughs> and it was like, it was, it was like within, 
like she was in the process of dying it was like oh it's gonna happen in like this hour yeah like we're here and the doctor is talking to us he takes us into the room he's talking to us whatever and you know he's giving telling us what's going on and what happened and all this stuff and then he's like and you know like um obviously you know the breast cancer has taken a toll and all this stuff and we're like what (laughs) and he's like oh yeah she also had breast cancer and we're like what are you talking about are you serious like (laughs) Like, because that's like, not why your mother was in the hospital. It is not. And, <laughs> and we're like, we're like, oh my god, she like never told. Like, how long has she had breath? Like, and he's like giving us, the, and then he's like, oh, whoops, like I have the wrong file. <laughs> and I was oh like, my god. because you watch it in a movie like Adventures in Babysitting, you're like, oh, come how on, that, yeah, come on, come on, they would never. And then I'm like, no, they would. <laughs> They would and they did. I fully forgot about that. Right. Jesus. Whenever I think, and then, and then like, yeah, we're just like, and we, then you're standing there and you're like, it's okay. Right. I guess. Oh my God. Don't beat yourself up about it. It's fine. <laughs> he didn't care. He was like, oh, it's fine. Anyway. Um, so that, that was very funny. Another thing mm. about, that, that was very funny. Um, Hilarious. <laughs> another thing about uh, this movie that like, I it relates to our next movie too. I think like is the music. Yes. I wrote, you know, what's funny. I literally wrote down. It just says this music. I have no, I don't know. And but right is, now I don't remember it. But so. this is what I want to talk about is that it's so, because I feel the same way. I'm like this music, <laughs> like what? And it's because it's omnipresent in 80s comedies is this like noodly like, you know, and like, like blues rock kind of thing. It's like, it's the worst music. I think like I, I like objectively to me is like the worst thing to hear Yeah, yeah, is like this kind of music where it's like overproduced and like over, like, I don't know what it is. Um, I recently watched, I think I talked about this on the podcast before, I recently watched uh, the movie Midnight Run, which people are like, oh, that's a classic of 80s comedy. And I was like, I have to turn this off because this music is too much. <laughs> and then I'm like looking up, I'm, I like looked up, I was like, oh, people must be really mad about this music online. Like people like people must have clocked this as a thing. <laughs> and everyone's like, the, the best score of all time, Midnight Run. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you people talking about? But so like, it, it's, it's John, it's like Ferris Bueller. And, and yeah. I always associate it with like, Planes, trains, and automobiles, and and Home Alone has yes. it, and like I have seen that. Groundhog Day has some of it, and Ghostbusters, like all these, <laughs> damn you, <laughs> all these eighties comedies. Like in this isn't a John Hughes movie, as I keep saying, but like in the John Hughes universe of like related, yeah, kind of like eighties movies, yeah, have this specific type of music that I don't have the vocabulary for, but I'm just gonna call it like blues rock, yeah, yeah, and it like it drives me fucking insane it's what every tgif theme song sounds like you know what i mean (laughs) like there's a song at the beginning of adventures in babysitting Mm -hmm. over the credits that sounds like a tgif theme song and it's it drives me up a wall every time (laughs) and then in this movie Uh they go to a blues club here's why it drives me crazy sorry i'm just Um, ranting i can't wait because it feels like old white guys who like think this is cool yeah yeah co-opting like um black people's music yeah. and making it terrible. Yep. 
And that's what it all sounds like to me. And then they go to a blues. First of all, I just don't like the blues, like, as a form. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't do anything for me, but I respect it. You know, whatever. Like, great. I'm sure many blues musicians are like, oh, no, we lost Mike. Like- but <laughs> they, nobody cares what I think about the blues. But, like, they go to a blues club and it's like, uh, you know, it, it's almost self-conscious in a way that it, it's like, poking fun at it like these white kids from the suburbs who have nothing to be upset about and they're like i'm babysitting you know that thing um but it's like i think it's just that these directors and writers in the 80s just like loved the blues they thought it was so cool yeah (laughs) yeah and then and then they go to the frat party and it's like well it's the same thing that happened in the 90s with like hip hop music yeah, right and exactly. rap music yeah. exactly and in like ghostbusters and stuff it's like bobby brown it it kind of yeah. evolves into that yeah yeah totally that's totally right and then well, like, i don't know if you know this but black is cool man i'm always saying this <laughs> and people are asking me to stop because they're saying it makes them uncomfortable <laughs> but no but i hear what you're saying it's this weird like watered down on my Casio keyboard, like this, like the literally a preset of right. blues rock. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it, and it all, it all, um, then they go to the frat party and it's Johnny South, Southside Johnny is the, the band. Ba- the the, Cause you know how live bands play at frat parties all the time. Yeah. And it's <laughs> like, like a full band. Like how did, how did that happen? Stuff like that happens in movies. And I'm just like, no one on the writing team went to college then? Okay, right, exactly. great. You couldn't find anyone who's been to a frat party? <laughs> right. It was like, so it's Southside Johnny and the whatever Okie Dokes or whatever they are. Whatever Okie Dokes. And they're, they're playing like, uh, what's, you know, I don't, I don't know if Southside Johnny is like a thing that people An know about. Band, but I thought yeah. it sounds like Huey Lewis kind of like express, expressing, expressway to your heart is the expressway song. Expressway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You love it. I love it. It's my favorite um, song. And that uh, sucks too. And then, and then, <laughs> oh in boy. the end, sorry. No, it's okay. In the end, the denouement of the movie, after they get home and everything's fine, mm-hmm. the kids are all in their room listening to Sam Cooke. <laughs> These like children are in their room relaxing, listening to Bring It On Home To Me by Sam Cooke. And it's like, no, they're not. That's what you like, Chris Columbus. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so mad. I don't know why either. Anyway. I do I do love and remember the line very clearly. Cause again, watching this as a kid, it's like, oh, you want you wanted this. It's like the home alone thing. It's like you wanted this to be the next time someone came to babysit, yeah. it was like, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna run to the city and see what happens. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> but uh the part where so, you know, big climax, they're at they're at the party that the parents are at. They leave the party at the same time. Obviously, they have to beat them home. Yeah. And they drive past their parents' car. And first of all, they all duck, which is very funny. Yeah. Um, and then Chris goes, how fast do your parents drive? And he goes, I don't know, 40, 45? And she goes, we'll go 80. And <laughs> just, like, steps on the gas. And I just remember as a kid thinking that was the funniest thing I ever heard <laughs> in my life. That's funny. Uh, but yeah, it's, a, I, I like this movie a lot. It was like, I thought it was, great. it has like high nostalgia points for me for sure. And, uh, it, it was exactly as bad as I thought it was going to be like, as far as like out of date jokes and whatever, yeah. without going over, um, you know, kind of like crossing a line into like, Oh, I can never Unwatchable. watch this again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Um, 
And it's really, it's really fun. And it's like, a, it's one of those, it's well executed, I think. Yeah. On, on everyone's part, directing, writing, Definitely. acting, all of it. I, so. I liked it. I liked watching it. Yeah. A lot. And I like, um, don't have any nostalgia, but I like felt Nostalgic. like I could feel the nostalgia <laughs> wafting off of it, even though I don't have it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought it was good. Great. Um, is it available? Disney Plus, like Disney we said. Plus, it's on, baby. You can watch the edited version on Disney Plus, but that's real. I mean, we'll get to it, but that's real points for keeping the this disc. Is I, that, yeah. I mean, I... You I, can't get the... Right. Non-version streaming, like the good version Right, streaming. exactly, exactly. Hey, question for you. Yeah. What's the connection? Great question. Um, Thank you. The connection is, well, apparently there was a stuntman who worked on both movies (laughs) named Rick LeFevre. Rick (laughs) LeFevre. So, you know all those stunts in The Informant? You know when he jumps off the helicopter? uh, (laughs) I'm like literally trying to think of a single stunt. When he rappels into that volcano. (laughs) Um, Oh, oh, there's a big fight scene. I forgot about that. The sword fight. Yeah, the sword fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, atop the Sears Tower. <laughs> what the hell? Okay. Um, anyway. Anyway, so there's a stuntman who says, according to IMDb, that he worked on both movies, Adventures in Babysitting and The Informant, which two, 1987 to 2009, that's a career. That Good is a him. career, yeah. Um, and then also Vincent D'Onofrio, Thor, and Matt Damon, who plays... Fake Th- so there's fake Thor. They both played fake Thor because there's <gasps> fake Thor in Adventures in Babysitting, and Matt Damon played fake Thor in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And also, they're both in the movie Mystic Pizza. Mystic <laughs> it's Pizza. Not related to Thor. No. <laughs> um, so that's interesting. Wow, you just heard a connection happen live on the air. Live. Lucky you. <laughs> this is why we do this. It is. Okay, our next movie is The Informant. Exclamation point. From 2009, directed by Steven Soderbergh. Soderberg. How many Soderberghs have we done? We did Magic Mike. We did... That might be it. Is that it? I think so. We've done a lot of... Uh... Out of Sight. Out of Sight also we did. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Anyway, yeah. we've done a lot of what were you going to say? Fincher? The Finch! Yeah. yeah. I know. Um, okay, The Informant. IMDb summary is, the U.S. government decides to go after an agro-business giant with price-fixing accusations based on the evidence submitted by their star witness, Vice President-turned-informant Mark Whitaker. Yes, that is kind of what it's about. (laughs) But I think, just to start, like, so Matt Damon plays Mark Whitaker. He works in the lysine industry. Yes. Which is a corn... Extract? Yeah, it's like a GMO of corn that they're just putting in everything. It goes in everything, and it's all whatever. But I will say that just to start, like, this movie, the whole thing of this movie is that on paper, it's boring. Yes. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think, and like, you look at, I mean, I read the book that this was based on. I was just, I was like, I I was going to ask, you you read the book. Did you read it before or after the movie? You before, saw the movie. Okay. before, um, and the book's good, but it's just a straightforward, like kind of true crime. It'd be like an interesting podcast, like, and I don't well, mean wasn't that it, it on Fresh Air or something? Oh, maybe I don't know. I think it was anyway, but it's like it's not, um, and I don't mean that as a as a like uh, disparagement of the book or anything. Like, oh, it'd be a podcast. It's like no, it's a good book, <laughs> but uh, 
you know, it's the, t- the, the movie that they've turned this into is so weird. Yeah. In such exciting, fun ways. Yeah, it is. That, um, so Matt Damon plays Mark Whitaker. Yes. He's kind of this like, uh, sunny, uh, dopey kind of. Right. He's not stupid. Right. But also. It's like Ned Flanders. Like yeah, kind of Ned Flanders Kind of Ned Flanders-ish. Yeah. Um, complete with the mustache and the glasses and the like sunny <laughs> attitude about everything. Yeah. And, um, and he works for ADM, Archer Daniels Midland, mm-hmm. which is a huge, oh, this is based on a true story, by the way. This yes. This is like all true. Yeah. Um, what was the, what was the screen at the beginning? The screen at the beginning that comes up. We took a picture of it. We'll post yeah. it because it made me chuckle. It says at the very beginning of the movie, while this motion picture is based on real events, certain incidents and characters are composites and dialogue has been dramatized. So there, <laughs> which is great. Yeah. So which funny. Is really, really well done. And really gets at that whole thing of like what we were talking about last week. With, with social network. With social yeah. network, which is like, yeah, it's not all a hundred percent true, but like the, <laughs> just, just get, get over it. Yeah. Um, so, and he, so, uh, Mark comes to his bosses. He's being, uh, he says he's being, uh, he's been given a threat of extortion by someone and they're also having all this problems these problems with the lysine yeah and the extortion threat comes from like a different company and whatever and so he, they wind up going to the FBI with this thing and it just escalates when Mark goes to the FBI and says like hey there's this extortion thing there's also this other thing mm-hmm. which is that our company just coordinates with all the other companies globally that do this and fixes the prices illegally of corn, which of, is in everything. Right, exactly. Of this lysine, this corn, like all that stuff. And so then the FBI starts investigating and they find essentially that like while this is this is happening, yes, Mark Whitaker is also an insane person. Yeah. <laughs> Just a, a yeah. Um it's it's a funny movie. It's like both in that it's comedic and yeah. also that it's like it's a weird one for me because I know it's one of your favorites. Yeah. We've talked about that several times now, I think, about how this kind of character is one of your favorite characters to see yeah. this person who just lies and lies and lies and lies and lies. Yeah. And, and like, kind of what happens when he reaches the point where he cannot lie anymore. Right. Um, and I like that too. But, and I remember this from watching it the first time because I, we watched it and you were like, that was great. And I was kind of like, yeah, yeah, and kind of iffy about it. And then this is not the oh the second time I've watched it, yeah. but I I don't know that I've actually sat down and watched it watched it right since the first time. But you've watched it so much that I've like gotten bits of it. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like a comfort movie for you where yeah. you're just like I'm not doing anything. Let me just put this on, um, which is very funny. Um, and every time I was in the room and watching scenes, I was like, oh yeah, this movie is so funny and so well done, yeah. obviously. And then, but watching it this time again, I was like, oh, I remember it's, it's this weird feeling of like, is, is this boring right. because of the subject matter? <laughs> right. And it's not actually that it's boring, but they really just like throw you in. Like it it almost feels like you're starting in mid movie. Yeah. Because this guy's lies are already buzzing around. Right, right, right. 
in the very from the from the get go. So yeah. I so there's a part of it where I'm just kind of going like, all right, just just go with it. Don't try and figure out what they're talking about because you don't actually know and it doesn't yeah, yeah. matter. So just watch it. You know what I mean? So it's like a we it's like a weird movie for me to get into. But I always come away going like, that was so funny. Yeah. Everyone in it is so good. Yeah. And you, you're just like, how did they make this out? How did someone read that book and go, you know what we could do with this? Right. How? Right. <laughs> well, because, you know, they would, they would, it would be like a, um, I would also love to see the spotlight version of it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the, like straight ahead, whatever. But Soderbergh is, so he does some, he's, he does some, he t- t- takes some big swings formally in this movie, mm-hmm. which I always love. I, re- I really like, he might be my favorite Soderbergh. Yeah. Um, he's my favorite Soderbergh for sure. <laughs> he might be my favorite Soderbergh. There's, <laughs> there's Jason Soderbergh. There's, I think Steven's my favorite. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But he might be one of my, he's definitely one of my favorite directors. And it's because of these like formal, like big swings that don't really make any sense, but are you know, he's like always experimenting. He's always yeah. doing something weird. Um, but you know, and this is, I'm, I'm honest when I say this, not too weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's still yeah, yeah. a movie with a narrative that yeah, is, he's still trying to make an entertaining name? movie. David Lynch. Is that yes. it? Yeah. <laughs> it's not David Lynch. <laughs> I was it's, like, I know. I was like, you'll know what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's not, it's not a weird swing like that, but it's like, let's do this. Yeah. And it's like, sometimes it's a weird swing in the service of an ocean's 11. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, I'm going to do what's, uh, or like haywire where he's like, Oh, it's like a born identity style thriller, but I'm going to cast, uh, an MMA fighter who does not know how to act at all. Right. Um, Gina Carano, who has since gone full QAnon. Yikes. <laughs> <But> anyway, <laughs> Haywire, great movie. Um, <laughs> but so in The Informant, there's some big swings. Mm-hmm. And I'll just go through them quickly. There is the music, the music, which is this Marvin Hamlish score. Marvin Hamlish is like this, like, uh, was like this iconic composer from like the 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And the score is maybe... I love it. I love that it exists. It's maybe my least favorite part of the movie. Yeah. Because it's so, it sounds like, sometimes it sounds like uh, Dukes of Hazard music. Sometimes <laughs> it sounds like Austin Powers. Yeah. But it's a bunch of people like sitting in an office talking about lysine price fixing and then like uh, essentially the Austin Powers score will yeah. come on. I was like, Austin Powers is a really good shout. That's like yeah. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's so funny. But it's also like overpowering, and yeah. you know what I mean, whatever. And but but it doesn't I, blend into the background. No, like aggressively. It's, so. Yeah, it's like very it, aggressive. They really like he. That's really clearly like what he wanted, which is cool. Um, the other thing, another thing he does, and is that he casts Matt Damon, obviously, and Melanie Linsky, who's amazing, and we'll talk about her. Yes. But he casts um, a lot of the uh, side roles with comedians. Yeah. But then. They're not being funny. Yeah, Pat like, Oswald, Paul of Tompkins. Yeah, Andy Daly is in there. Um, uh, Scott Adsit, mm-hmm. Tom Papa, like all these comedians. Joel McHale. Joel McHale, right? Plays a big role. Joel McHale <laughs> is pretty funny in it, though. He is pretty funny, but not like in like a comedian no. Joel McHale way. Yeah. Like it's just it's it was, it's Soderbergh right. funny. 
Yeah, exactly. Do we say Tony Hale? Do we say we didn't say Tony Hale? Yeah, do you want to tell your Tony Hale? Tony story? Hale. <laughs> I mean, it's not. I feel like we've told it before. The short version <laughs> of it. We have told it before. I know the short version so of it is that, is that uh, the first time we went to the Emmys um, because the show you were working on was nominated, and we went to the Emmys after party, and there were lots of crazy celebrities there. I think we. I didn't know what to expect. I walked in and fucking Ben Affleck walked past me and I was like, cool, that's where we are. Yeah. Great. Why is he here? Um, but uh, we're, so we're, we just gotten there. We're like walking in, someone reaches out and grabs my arm and I turn around and he just goes, Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were my friend. And I was like, Nope, sorry, I'm Liza. And he's like, nice to meet you. And it was Tony Hale. There you go. Um, didn't he think you were his friend Meredith? Something like that. I want to say Meredith. I was, I yeah, I, I think I was a little overwhelmed, so I didn't really remember <laughs> what he said exactly. But, but so Tony Hale, if you're listening, hey buddy, hey buddy, hey, let's get together. It's fake Meredith. Um. So <laughs> anyway, so, and that's all like to lend, like a comedic air to it, but yeah. not. Uh, also, I should say. Uh, Paul F. Tompkins is probably my favorite stand-up. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I thought you were going to say person. <laughs> <laughs> Might be my favorite person, but um, definitely my favorite stand-up. Just like I, I really love him and yeah. really love his work. And he has this album uh, called, and it might be a special, I can't remember, sorry. But I, I it's definitely an album called Laboring Under Delusions. And he talks about different jobs he's had mm-hmm. and he gets to his acting jobs and talks about how he has like one line in there will be blood and, yeah. and all this stuff. And it's such a funny special. It's so good. But he talks about working on the informant uh-huh. and I'm not going to like try to do it or anything, but it's just definitely worth seeking out and definitely worth listening to. He talks about acting opposite Matt Damon for a scene and the story he tells is about Matt Damon um, at one point is served a like what well, in between takes was served a gelatinous cube. Oh, and like a protein cube thing. Is, yeah. Energy and, cube, yeah. Right, and and um, just, like, eats it and goes on with his day, and Paul F. Tompkins was just like, what the fuck was that? Like, we're just <laughs> not going to, like, talk about this? Um, but anyway, the, there's a lot more to it, and I don't mean to, like, butcher it by, but whatever, but it's totally worth seeking out. Anyway, all anyway. of this, which is to say that, so that's another thing, is that there's comedians all over this movie, but they're not, like, uh, necessarily. necessarily doing anything funny. Yeah. Although... In that, of course, they're doing stuff funny. Like, like there's a scene where Patton Oswalt's kind of like falling asleep at the table while this <laughs> yeah. one guy is talking, and it is so funny. Yeah, but it's so it's subtle. Yeah, so um, it just it, it it injects the entire air of this of this film that's about something that is like pretty boring and stupid, right? With comedy immediately, right? Because you're, it, but. But how the thing that the thing that's confusing to me is how does he pull off? Because typically, if I was watching something and expecting comedy, and then it wasn't funny, I'd be like annoyed or be like <laughs> yeah. they didn't do their job or this didn't hit the mark. I completely missed it. Right. And somehow that's not true with this, and I don't understand why. <laughs> I don't well, get it. But there's what is this sorcery? I know the other thing that that he that they do in this movie, and I'm very interested to know. There's probably writing on this or or whatever. Probably find out if this was a post production thing mm. or if this is what the script looked like. Yeah. But the other thing they do is that throughout the movie, there's voiceover. Yeah. Frequent, frequent voiceover from Mark Whitaker. Yeah. Talking, but he's always just like 
it's never about what's happening. Yeah. It's always just his like random thoughts that are happening in the middle of other scenes, in the middle of, you just get what it's like to be inside his brain. Yeah. Always kind of like performing and like, oh, here's, here's this, he's talking about a sale on ties while he's in this meeting with these people. He's talking about, uh, there should be a TV show about a guy who calls home <laughs> and he himself picks up and then he has to figure out, has to figure out why he's in two places. Like, he's just, like, insane stuff that's happening. <laughs> and it's so funny. Yeah. And Matt Damon is so funny in this. I love he Matt is. Damon. I know he's, like, problematic, but I love him. He's, yeah. And you know what? You know what? You know what it might be with Matt Damon? What? He might be more similar to this character than I think we think. I think we think Matt Damon. We think uh, Bourne, Jason Bourne. Yeah. And I don't think that's who Matt Damon is. I think he might be this guy. I think he's this guy. I think he's talented, Mr. Ripley. Like he's played. I love liar movies, and he's played the the, the two best. He's he's your two most favorite liars. My two most favorite liars. Yeah, we've talked. Yeah, we've talked about it before. But like, talented Mr. Ripley, talented Mr. Ripley. This one, um, Fargo. and we've talked about I love you, Philip Morris. I love you, Philip Morris, and that, yeah, that was one of my notes while watching this. Was like this is so similar to I love you, Philip Morris, yeah. from the music to yep. the voiceover. Totally, it's so similar. That's exactly right. Yeah. I mean, about two completely different things, but, but like, not really. but not really. I, it's re- it was Shattered really glass is another one. Oh yeah, that's, uh, I really like with Hayden Christensen. Yeah. Anyway, but on the last formal thing I'll talk about is that, and I don't know what this is doing. I don't. I don't know what alchemy is happening i don't know that it like lends anything to the comedy but the look of it is unique yeah in terms of that cinematography that like washed out kind of i wish i had the vocabulary for this and i don't but like um when there's like when there's like a window behind someone it bleeds into the whole scene kind of yeah you know what i'm talking about yeah um it's like if you had to name a color for it it's like pale yellow but it's not the same as Fincher yellow. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. it's not the same. Or like Mexico yellow that a lot of places do. It's not yeah. that, but it's like a pale yellow, like a 70s yellow. Exactly. It looks like the 70s. Exactly. Yeah. Even though it takes place in nine, the 90s. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just, I. it's funny that you said the thing about like, oh, the first time we saw it, you like loved it. Because I. I didn't sure, love it. No, oh, I, I said, said about, about you me. that you loved you it. You said you you said in quotes, you, me, <laughs> me not being you, but me, um, that, that you said that I loved it, meaning me, not yes. you. Yes. Yes. Uh, oh God. you're like, stop the bit. Stop the bit. I want to get off. Um, so because I don't remember that, I remember seeing it in the theater and I, it, I remember, um, I'm sure I loved it. I'm not like, uh, I, I believe you. But also I remember, I think like when you see this for the first time and you're expecting a certain kind of comedy, mm-hmm. it's like, wait, what was that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Wait, like, what? what did I just watch? Yeah. And the voiceover thing and the music is weird and the, it's like all very strange. Yeah. But the more times I've watched it, like like you said, it's like a comfort thing. But the more, every time I put it on, I like love it more. And yeah. I like, I was like laughing. Yeah. There's so many good, funny lines that are not jokes, but yeah. just like the, you know, I don't know. Yeah, and it's you know the gluconate guy. The gluconate guy. <laughs> what is it? What's the line? He's like the gluconate like, guy. He's he, gone. He's out of a job. He's out of a job. <laughs> um, um, yeah, it's uh, and you know I, I'm sure a lot of that is the performances and mm-hmm. you know Matt Damon is great. He's always great. Whatever, fine. Um, 
all of the supporting characters are so good. Joel McHale, uh, Scott Bakula. Scott Bakula is so good. So good and so like heartbreaking towards yeah. the end there. You're just like, oh, God. And Tony Hale is really, really Tony good Hale's in this. Tony Hale is so good. This is my favorite thing that Tony yeah. Hale Yeah. And, and like we said, Patton and, and Paul F. Tompkins and all those people are yeah. just, uh, there's a Cusack in it. And Cusack is in it. <laughs> it's just like, everyone is so, so, so good. Yeah. Um, uh, including... Melanie Linsky, who oh. is just like, listen, we're in a listen, Linsky Assange. Right I am full. I've always been in a Linsky Assange. Totally. And what's so funny is that I, I, it, like you said, Linsky Assange, like, you know, she's in Yellow Jackets. So people are like talking about her. There was a big thing recently about how apparently one of the producers on the show was like, well, are you going to lose weight? And she was like, fuck you. Not actually. Yeah. Cause she's an adorable, uh, little, I just want to squish her type person. Kiwi. Yes. Oh, I love her. Um, and she's been acting forever. She was in Heavenly Creatures right. with Kate Winslet. Um, the first thing I saw her in and was like, I love this person, is Ever After. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. exactly. She's in Ever After. And not only do I love her because she plays the fat character who has a real, like, a really good, like, gotcha line at the end. She's the stepsister who's ignored by the mother. And her mother's always telling her to stop eating. And it's terrible and awful. And then at uh, the end, she helps... Cinderella, essentially, find her prince, whatever. And the mother's like, did you know about this? And she said, of course not, mother. I'm only here for the food, which is the line her mother said to her earlier. And I'm just like, yeah, get her! (laughs) So, like, obviously I love Melanie Linsky. She's so good in that. And every time she pops up, I'm just so happy because she just... Uh, what is it about her acting? It's so... What's the word? Perfect. Um, Like, this, for example... Everything down to the way that she's talking. Yeah. It's she's she's pitched her voice up ever so slightly, but it feels very relaxed. It doesn't feel like she's trying to speak in a higher voice. Right. But if you compare this to how she sounds in Yellow Jackets, yeah. it's higher. And that works so well for the because she plays his wife. Right. Who stands by him this entire time and believes him about, you know, like there's a point where he lies about getting kidnapped. Yeah. And just and like, she knows that's the thing. Yeah. There's, and there's a, again, this heartbreak, heartbreaking Scott Bakula scene where he's, and this is the part where the liar gets caught. It's the part where the liar is yeah. backed into a corner yeah. and just both of them are so, Cause you see it happen on her face. She of, says, she, like, stop she, it, Mark. Like, stop it. Yeah, like, she's you like, have she, to stop doing this to yourself. Yes, I can't. We can't. I can't pretend anymore. Yeah. Um, and she's just so good. She's just so good. Yeah. That scene, I. That's one of those scenes that's like baked into my brain. Mm. The scene where he's lying about something. Yeah. Scott Bakula is like, no, I have the proof right here that you're what you're saying is not true. And he just keeps doubling down on the line, doubling down until he just can't anymore. Yeah. And there's a there's a punchline to that scene that I won't give away, but it's like the scene is so good, and I just think about that. That's what I, that's like the thing that I like love so much about these liar movies. Yeah. Is just that exact moment of like I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And uh, I think about that scene all the time, and her in is she's so good in it when she yeah. says like. Because it's like, it, you, exactly what you said, it washes over her face in such yeah. a way where you're like, oh, she knew. She, she knew. knew. this whole time. Yeah. And she was just like, I need she to support hoping. Mark. She was hoping. She was hoping. Exactly. Yeah. And I need to, I was hoping that he would get better, but we can't do this anymore. Yeah. You know? And I, I just love that so yeah. much. 
Um, yeah, it's like it's the movie. This movie is unique. It is. I know we said it's just like I love you, Phil Morris, but it's different in enough <laughs> ways. Um, it, it's. I don't think there's any other movie quite like it. No, and I can also see very clearly. Like I would absolutely, without uh, hesitation, recommend that people see this movie. Mm-hmm. But I also am just like I don't know that everyone's gonna like yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it, it's just it's so good. I I like can't recommend it enough. Honestly, it's because it because if if it if it works for you, it's gonna be one of your favorite things, mm-hmm. and it's it's really great. Yeah, <laughs> it's really. I was like laughing so hard at some of it. Yeah, like, it's like if you buy into it, especially the thing with the voiceover, and yeah, that thing. Like if you buy into that, like you're 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 in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's really so good. Great. All right. Great. Uh, is it available? You can watch it on Hoopla. Hoopla? Which I think is one of those streaming services that's tied to your local library. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> you know what I mean? I would have thought this was more readily available, mostly just because it's starring Matt Damon. Yeah. But I think it's a weird movie that not a lot of people love. Yeah. It feels like a like an HBO. HBO oh, Max. you're right. You're right. It does feel like, for some reason, it does feel like an HBO Max movie. You know? You know? <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. Um, great. Great. Um, well, this is a tough... Well, we didn't talk about the disc itself, Oh, by the way, true. with the informant. Yeah. I think this is going to inform our decision here. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> I didn't even do that on purpose. Um, is that the disc itself, it, it's like a, clearly we bought it at the uh, recent, like the the used section of the Blockbuster yeah. at one point. Um, because it is a one of those discs that just says rental on it. Yeah. So there's not absolutely nothing on the disc. They like, were like, no just, one is renting the informant. Exactly. Put it in the bin. It's just the play button. <laughs> um, yeah, so, there's no extras at all on Exactly, this. no extras at all. It looks it fine. It looks fine. Yeah, yeah exactly. it doesn't like look bad, but it... But it's not, there's nothing to it. Um, Ooh. But we, I do love the movie. You do love it. And we it's can't not, not like, have oh, it. It's not like, oh, I need to upgrade. But right, like it's not like oh, we need this to be better, or this should be better, or this should 4K, be watched right. on. Um, but then Adventures in Babysitting like has the fuck in it. Yeah, and it's like that's the whole reason you have physical media is because this is the whole reason for what we do, <laughs> and our dumb collection is because uh, you know, you can't trust these streaming services. You can't do it. You can't trust them. So what do we do? I don't know. We haven't done a rule in a while. We haven't done a rule in a while, though. I I'm scared of the rule. Yeah, we have the poison pill in there where it's like, because I don't know, if you're a new listener, if we can't decide which one to get rid of, we've imposed a bunch of rules on ourselves and some some are user submitted rules. Yeah. And I think we have like seven or eight of them now. Yeah. And uh, one of them is if you... Oh, you can't, you couldn't decide, so you have to get rid of both. Yeah, exactly. We choose a rule at random. Yeah. And if we get that one, then we have to get rid of both of these DVDs. (laughs) We could also, we also have a... uh, and out where we could make a donation. We could. Sometimes we do that if we can't decide. We we punish ourselves with the act of charity <laughs> where we make a donation to uh, a local food bank or a fund that we support. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Should we rule it or should we? It's been a while since we've done a rule. Let's do a rule. Hey, Siri. Hmm? Pick a number between one and seven. A random number between one and seven is two. Two. It's the Michelle rule. 
Which is? Get rid of a DVD that you've previously saved. Oh. Oh, no. Hmm. So here's some recent saves. Yeah, let's hear some recent saves. The Social Network, The Extras Finale, Kinsey, About a Boy, Love Actually, True Stories, Rent, Friends with Benefits. You saved Friends with Benefits? What was it up against? Rent. We saved them both? Yeah. That's what I have on the chart here. Huh. Is that true? You know, I don't remember. I didn't, I didn't save Friends with Benefits, so... <laughs> Um, Enchanted and Hard Candy. We did three weeks in a row where we didn't get rid of a DVD. That's yeah, crazy. I remember that. I mean... Copycat, Cabin in the Woods. We saved Copycat? Yeah. Fuck. We can get rid of Copycat, I think. Great. So Now that I've had some distance. Okay. I so feel like... <laughs> episode 56 uh, was Copycat versus The Ring. Yeah. And we got rid of The Ring and kept Copycat. But now we're keeping both the informant and Adventures in Babysitting and getting rid of Copycat as per the Michelle rule. Is this too complicated? Yes. Yes. But that's what you're here for. <laughs> that's what you're here for. So. Great. Great. All right. Well. Goodbye to Copycat. <laughs> goodbye to Copycat. You were sacrificed at the altar of Adventures in Babysitting and, and the, the informant. informant. Love it. I feel like that's a worthy trade. I do. I didn't like Copycats. <laughs> <laughs> great okay great. well listen typically we would do another uh we'd oh, yeah. ask we'd ask siri again what we're doing next because we don't like to make decisions but fortunately for us we don't have to do that because next episode we're gonna have some lovely guests on we you may have heard us talk about them before they are our dear dear friends michelle and luke that's right um and they have picked their films so uh as per the guest rules right yeah, <laughs> so i uh, choose at random because that would be a punishment yeah but they've chosen uh donald darko donnie, Don- Dar- donnie darko donnie darko little little joke and then um uh the movie waitress yes so those two movies we'll be watching next week yeah waitress is like one of my favorite films i think Right. I, think I don't think I've my, seen it since we saw it in the theater. I think it so. might be in my top 10, maybe wow. top 15, maybe top 15. But, um, and Donnie Darko, I've only seen the once and I did not hate it as much as I hate Mulholland Drive, but oh, I do remember you, okay. a feeling, I do remember a feeling of like, I don't know what's happening. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And Donnie Darko was a real, like early 2000s dorm room movie. Yeah. And let's see how that holds up. <laughs> I don't know. We'll don't see. know. But Who can say? We love Jakey G. You know what? We can. Next week. <laughs> oh, yeah. you're aligning yourself with Jakey G. Wow. That's a... That's a... I love him. I'm dangerous. not in their relationship. I love that's Taylor dangerous. Swift, too. That's dangerous. I love them all. You have to choose a side. I will not. Source Code is a very good movie, and I will not disparage <laughs> anyone... Who was associated with it? Wow, sounds like you're on JKG's side. Um, wow, that's awkward. Goodbye. Uh, hey, y'all, thank you so much for listening, especially if you got this far. We're DVD Deathmatch in all of the places. We got the Insta, we got the Twitter, we got the Gmail, we got the World Wide Web. And I hope that you stay warm. Uh, unless you're already in a place where it's just warm all the time, in which case, well done. Uh... But if you're somewhere where it's cold, I hope you stay warm because I'm I'm cold. I'm I'm already over winter. <laughs> Done. Uh, listen. Come back next week. 
and see who survives. <gasps> DVD Deathmatch! Okay, our next movie is The Informant. Esk. Esk? Esquire? Just do it again. Just do it again. Okay, our next movie is The Informant. No, do it again. Let me give it a second after I clap. (laughs) Okay, our next movie is The Informant. (laughs) 